Welcome to Leadership Conversations brought to you by Lead Like Jesus. I'm Karen Conley and thank you so much for joining us for this session. Um, if you are joining us by video, you can tell already that I have a guest with us today. Greg Fisher, welcome, so, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, Greg, um, for our audience that maybe um, has not had a chance to meet you yet, I know that you have been connected with Lead Like Jesus. You are a facilitator and a trainer for our Lead Like Jesus encounters. But on top of that important role, you also have a huge responsibility at Global Team Challenge as their curriculum director and training. And there's a whole list of things that you do. Um, I want to talk to you about you and your leadership, but before we do, for those that maybe aren't familiar with Team Challenge and Global Team Challenge in particular, tell us a little bit about that ministry. Well, Team Challenge started back over 60 years ago, and uh, Reverend David Wilkerson was the person who started it, and uh, that started in, in New York City. And of course, the cross and the switchblade is the story of the beginning of the Team Challenge ministry. Originally, he was doing outreach to teenage gang members, and eventually it became a, a kind of a discipleship ministry for drug addicts and gang members in, in New York City and quickly spread all over the world. And today we're, we're, we have 1,400 locations in 129 countries around the world. And so uh, when we work with not just teenagers, but with adults and adolescents, uh, we have men's programs, women's programs, and we're doing different kinds of outreach around the world as well. Um, so that was the beginning of Teen Challenge. Global Teen Challenge uh, started in 1995. Uh, David Wilkerson's brother, Don Wilkerson, started Global Teen Challenge. And in particular, we started as an opportunity for fellowship of, of Teen Challenge ministries that were in other countries, but very quickly, it was discovered that people were looking for help in starting new Teen Challenge ministries in, in, for training. And, and so the, the Teen Challenge, Global Teen Challenge really expanded. And, uh, and so I've been with Global Teen Challenge now for about 12 years. And right. so uh, in my role, as you mentioned, in training and, and curriculum. Well, I am so um, looking forward to just learning about you. One of the privileges that I have as the host of these leadership conversations is I just get to talk to amazing leaders. And some of them are in the marketplace, some of them are in the nonprofit space. Um, and just to be able to really, people love hearing and need to be encouraged by other people's stories um, and to know the highs and lows. Sometimes, you know, in this world where everybody looks like they have all their act together, um, it's great to just learn what really has made someone an effective leader. What are those best practices? But then also to learn. Um, from some of their their highs and their lows. So uh, before we really dive into the professional side of Greg Fisher and all you do as a curriculum developer, um, tell us a little bit of your backstory. Tell us a little bit of just your journey um, and, and how you ended up um, with an interest even in this type of role. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can do that in a quick way. Okay. Uh, um, I grew up in Wisconsin and actually grew up uh, just outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin on a dairy farm. Mm 
Okay. And a Catholic family. And, uh, and, and I turned 14, I entered the, the Catholic seminary to become a priest. And so I feel like the Lord had a, a, a call on my life even back then. And, and it was in the 70s when all of this took place. And uh, my family, my parents and my aunts and uncles got involved in the, in the charismatic movement. And, and we learned to, what it was to be born again. And so later on in my high school years, I started attending another church in a large youth group. And it was during that time that I, I felt a call to the ministry uh, and went on to, to Bible college. And so uh, while I was in Bible college, uh, now early on in the 70s, I read The Cross and the Switchblade. So I did hear about that story and it was just amazing and something totally a different world to where I was living and what I was doing. And so while I was in college, uh, certainly exposed to a lot of different ministries and I, and I heard more about Teen Challenge. And one of the things I heard was that they had a dairy farm in Pennsylvania. Now, I didn't know how to work with drug addicts, but I did know farming. And so I actually put in an application to work at that farm for a summer and was interviewed and, and hired. And, and so I thought it looked at it as a, as a summer internship. Well, I ended up staying there five months and really got to know the Ministry of Teen Challenge. And, and my first role in Teen Challenge was teaching students how to milk cows and to drive tractor and, and it was, was farming. Yeah. I had one semester of college left and I finished that semester and came back to visit Teen Challenge and they offered me three different jobs. And one of them was teaching in a smaller center, what we called induction centers, mm -hmm. and that was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Well, I thought maybe I'd do that for a year or so. Well, I ended up being there five years and really got uh, interested in, in discipleship ministry. And, and I loved the curriculum that we were using. The author of the curriculum, Dave Batty, his office was, was just uh, at, at our center, our larger center there in Pennsylvania. And so I got to work with him quite a bit uh, during that time. And so after that five years, I took a short break and was hired as a, as a uh, program director in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. And so I moved there. And shortly after that, I got married. I had met my, my wife in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and I ended up working there as program director at the Teen Challenge there for, for 20 years. Wow. Well, and so it, it was a, a long time. Uh, again, I was still working with the curriculum a lot and still teaching all of, during that time. And I, and I had a couple of, and over the years, I've had opportunities to be a part of, of staff training seminars and uh, even travel some internationally, even during that time. And I just loved being able to speak into other leaders' lives. And, and, and a lot of times, leadership training is coming from some of the upper level leaders. Mm -hmm. And I was right in the trenches all these years and could really relate to the staff that I, that I was training. And, and I felt like I really had a place to be able to speak into their lives and give them really practical things. And so I just loved that. So I really had a desire to to do that kind of training. Um, so it was about that time I, I, I was 
ready to do something else. I didn't know what was next. And my wife asked me one day, she said, if, if you could do anything, what would you like to do? And so I thought about that. And this idea of staff training came up. And I said, you know, I'd really like to do that. And so I explored a couple different opportunities and, and things didn't work out. And then one day I got a phone call from Global Teen Challenge. And, uh, and they were asking, uh, and it was, it was Dave Batty, this per, the author of, our, of much of our curriculum. He had started working for, for Global Teen Challenge. And uh, he said, hey, we want you to come down to Georgia and we want to talk with you. And, <laughs> and so by, by the end of that day, uh, I, I was coming on staff with Global Teen Challenge. And as I mentioned, that was 12 years ago. So it, it's been, a, been an amazing time. You know, um, there's so much packed into what you just said that's amazing, but maybe one of the things that jumps out the most is the question that your wife asked you. Uh, and then to be able to see God provide so specifically in there. Um, let me just kind of take us maybe a step aside from your journey, but reflecting on that and looking back 12 years now to that conversation, what would you say to uh, a leader that's out there right now that that maybe is um, needing to ask that question, but it can be a scary question, especially in the culture that we are now with, as we're recording this in the middle of COVID, you know, people want to hang on to security. Um, what would you say to that leader that, um, that maybe in the same way your wife asked that question, how you look at that question now? Well, you know, it, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I, I didn't think that I could answer that question. And, and it was an important question for me because I really didn't know what was next. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But in thinking about that, it, it, you know, one of the things you do then is put it before the Lord. Lord, if this, this, I believe you gave me these desires and, and I, I ask you to open some doors. Mm -hmm. And, and I did knock on some doors and then happen but part of it is a time of waiting on the Lord too mm -hmm. and waiting for his timing and there were things that needed to take place global teen challenge was in a transition at the time and and once that transition took place and they moved down here to Georgia they were ready to start expanding and and I didn't know all of that was happening mm -hmm. but uh, but the, all of that happened and then it was then it was time so you know a lot of it is is, is trusting in the Lord putting it in his, in his hands and, and listening and, and being ready. Um, when I came down for that interview, uh, I had accepted the job and then I called my wife and she happened to be in, in she's in the ministry as well and, and was with a, a number of children's pastors. And, and uh, she came back and they said, well, what, what was the call about? She said, well, we're moving to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, well, he didn't even ask you about it? <laughs> and, and she said, I, I knew he'd say yes. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that, you know, that brings up a great question. You know, as somebody um, that walks with Jesus, that leads like Jesus, um, tell us some of your best practices. Obviously, you know, for you and your wife, you were in sync, you were having those conversations. Um, and, and then, you know, so it wasn't an unexpected and it was, you know, I, I trust him. We trust the Lord together. 
Um, are there any things that you would just say to, again, um, leaders out there, what are some of your best practices as a couple and as a husband that's helped you to navigate ministry and life together uh, as a couple? Well, I think of a few things. I, I know we kind of do a, an evaluation at the beginning of each year. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we sit down and, and talk about our goals for that year. And, and it's all kinds of goals, financial goals, spiritual goals, uh, relationship goals. You know, what, what are we going to, you know, are we going to have a date night? Are we going to join a bowling league? What, whatever it might be, Bible study. Uh, so we, we do talk about those things and review those things from time to time. Um, you know, and part of it is, is just really having a heart for ministry and being open to wherever God would have us to go. Uh, my, my wife is, is right now she runs a, an after school program. It's a summer day camp and it's from our church and, and she's been involved in children's ministry for over 30 years and, and loves that kind of a thing. But she also worked with us in teen challenge for a number of years and, and headed up our our classroom at, at our center in North Carolina. And so she actually even travels with me occasionally and helps to do training in Russia, Brazil, Mexico, Portugal. She's been to many different countries with me. And uh, so she has a heart for the same thing that, that I'm doing. And, and, uh, and so that, that, that's really helpful and, and very, very key to what, what we're doing here. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're intentional to actually be purposeful at the start of each year, to not assume and take for granted, mm -hmm. but to be intentional. You know, one of the things we talk about at Lead Like Jesus, we talk about the head, the hand, the heart, the habits. Um, obviously, some of these things that you're talking about um, are spiritual habits, how you guys made some decisions, and then practical habits. Um, what would you say, again, in looking back over your your life so far um, would be some of the habits that you think have um, helped you stay true to who God made you to be and made you the best version of yourself? Wow. Um, habits. Well, one of the things I've done for many years is try to read through the Bible uh, each year and have some time. And it's not always the whole Bible, sometimes the New Testament, sometimes the Old Testament. Uh, this year I'm reading through. Uh, uh, chronological uh, version of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And and I find having that daily habit of, of Bible reading is, has been very uh, key to staying on track with the Lord and having that time with the Lord each day. Um, and and I, I find for myself, I have to have some type of track to follow. Mm -hmm. uh, if I just leave it, to, you know, I'm going to read the Bible for a little bit, it doesn't happen. I have to have a plan and, and, and being intentional with that plan and keep up with it every day. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's, that's one of the things that I say would, would really, and, and I've been doing that, I don't know, probably, uh, 30, 35 years already. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that's been, been very helpful and, and we're involved in church and, and in ministry. And so we're intentional that way too, to, to be involved and, and, uh, and with our, our children, they all, with my wife being a children's pastor, they all grew up in her children's church and, and in church all the time. And, you know, they're all, you know, two of them are working in, in ministry and another is very involved with her church and she's a teacher. So uh, 
I think all of these things are, are really important. It's just setting that, you know, having that kind of uh, example to the family as well. Mm. As we kind of shift gears and, and hopefully we'll get to do a part two, but as we talked about personal habits, um, what would you say in terms of your professional life? Are there some professional habits as, as you think about the audience that you're um, talking to right now that are all uh, leaders of different capacities? Um, you know, what are some of those best practices in terms of professional habits that you think have been really helpful in you during your professional journey? Hmm. Well, um, I'd say, you know, really being intentional in communication. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, even in my office, I try to be, you know, have a little visit with different people in the office, get to know people, mm -hmm. not just be my, by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and just really, really, I think that's a really important uh, to network with people as well. Um, you know, and when I'm working internationally, you know, getting to know people, uh, social media. Uh, I have, uh, I hate to say, but I, I have, I have a lot of friends on Facebook, but I probably have 800 friend requests as well. <laughs> and so, uh, but, you know, I think all of these kinds of things are very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, and setting, being intentional and setting goals. You know, I have my, my different, calendars and lists and and nowadays so many different softwares that that you use to organize teams and things and and so we're we're using all of these kinds of tools as well but i think that's very important to to really be organized in, in what you're doing and how you're doing it and what and prioritizing your work as well well, Greg, um, I hope that um, we can pick up this conversation. I know with somebody who has uh, teams in 129 countries that you have something that um, every leader needs to hear in terms of how you've navigated that and then using your strengths as a trainer and a communicator. Um, and then I also wanna pick your brain on just in the middle of this season of COVID, We've heard so much about the fears of addiction rates going up and, and how that's going to impact um, you and how we as a culture maybe can learn from you things that, that maybe you um, are learning that we are not. So I hope everybody will join us for part two. Greg, thank you so much for joining us and I look forward to continuing our conversation next time. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For more information on leadership encounters um, by Lead Like Jesus, please go to leadlikejesus.com and we'll see you next time.